I read this book a while ago. It's called The Electric State by Simon Stallenhag. In the book, technology has kind of gotten to this point where everyone sort of wears these giant headsets, you know, on their face. And uh, the way he kind of describes it is, um, or one thing they use it for is for fighting wars. So you don't have manned, you know, pilots and planes fighting each other or or holding guns or anything, you have people sitting in an office wearing this headset, you know, piloting a drone or whatever, and that's how you fight wars. So that's one thing that they use the, the headsets for. Sort of eliminate that enormous threat to humanity. You just fight robots instead. Uh, but everybody kind of uses these things for entertainment or for anything, everything. And uh, so they've eliminated you know, all the major threats for humanity through this headset. But what starts to happen, of course, is that people just start dying. And there's just dead people sort of everywhere. And it's like this apocalyptic world. But it's really, it's only half an apocalyptic world. Because the other half still has all the headsets on. And so they're living this perfect dream world and not really caring about all the death around them. So you walk through this city, and there's just sort of dead people laying everywhere, but nobody really cares because they're living this wonderful life in their headset. Uh, because people just sort of shrivel up and die. They don't eat, they don't sleep, they just kind of forget that they have a, a, a physical body, and then they just kind of die and just sit there, and nobody cleans them up because nobody cares about the real world. Uh, so I bring all of that up um, because I thought it was a great book. Um, I'm sure it has nothing to do with what we're about to talk about, but I've read it I too. just thought it was a really good book. You have read it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, you gave it to me to read. It's, it's, it's like very heavily illustrated. It's mostly these yeah. images, right? Yeah, yeah, highly recommended. It's really beautiful and dark, sort of twisted. So the reason I think you brought that up is because you decided to let me talk about VR for an episode. And I've kind of, we, we've discussed maybe doing one on VR before, uh, but it kind of felt like VR has been around for a little while, kind of the modern iteration of it. I think Oculus started or released their first consumer headset seven years ago or something like that yeah but people have been talking about virtual reality since yeah like the early 90s or something like it's yeah it's been around for I'm, as long as i can remember yeah i'm sure before that right uh but there was this moment of, around then you know when oculus was working on this thing where it felt like holy crap we might get it Your t technology may have actually advanced to a point where we can do that now you know phones had been a thing for a while so we have we can make these very small screens we can do uh internal motion units and accelerometers we can track where you're moving your head things like that so it might actually happen so it came out and a lot of people tried this and a lot of people have bought headsets and so you get into vr and you try things you try beat saber maybe if you're lucky you're able to play half-life alex stuff like that or or even you just get into an environment and walk around and you think, holy crap, this is so cool. This is a totally unique thing. I, I feel like I'm here. My my brain is fooled. It it thinks that I'm in this world and it's this really wild thing. 
and then you put the headset away and never use it again. And right. basically no one really spends time in VR. And I think that everyone sees how there's something really crazy there. Like we know that something about this is wild and we can, we can think about the future and think, oh, maybe it's going to take over. Maybe it's going to be like, you know, what was it called again? Electric. The electric state. Electric state, yeah. And almost every single major company has taken a swing at this. You know, Facebook essentially staked their entire company on the idea of VR in the virtual world. They, in fact, call themselves a meta here, which is super cringy, but whatever. Uh... Microsoft has invested a ton of effort into this. They, well, at least a, maybe not a ton relative to Microsoft, but a lot. They they built the Windows Mixed Reality platform. Uh, they built the HoloLens. They put a ton of effort into that stuff. Uh, who else? I know I'm forgetting people. Valve developed a headset. That was a pretty big deal. Pretty sure some other major companies done this. But almost all of the the big tech companies put a lot of effort into trying to get into VR, and so far nothing has happened. Or nothing, nothing beyond that novel, interesting, this seems really cool, okay, I'm going to let this collect us in a closet thing. But this week, Apple announced and demoed their entry into the VR slash AR space. And I have a long, long list of things that I hate about Apple. It's very detailed with many sections and subsections and whatnot and i'm gonna try really hard not to start reading off that list today but despite all of that when apple enters into a hardware product category it is time to pay attention because they don't miss they (laughs) you could probably point out a couple things that weren't weren't hugely successful like maybe the newton or uh i don't know their headphones or something but good lord some of the hardware products that they've released have been utterly world changing and and you have to remember that they go back as far as the graphical interface to a computer they are largely responsible for that the ipod was insane took over the world the iphone same thing And in pretty much every case of Apple releasing this hardware product, they never show up first. You probably, I think we're both old enough. Uh, You remember the iPod, right? Yes. And kind of when that came out. No, they they wait for the right moment. Yeah. They they sit back and watch. Yeah. I mean, there there was plenty of MP3 players up to that point. You could go to Best Buy and pick from a ton of them. And they released this iPod. And for reasons that I want to discuss, everyone in the world was like, I have to have that. That needs to be mine. I don't care that it's $400, which at the time was probably a million dollars in today's numbers. It was just, they, they have a real talent and, and a, a willingness to put a lot of attention into really thinking about this stuff. So anyway... I think that now is the time to start really talking about virtual reality or augmented reality or spatial computing, as Apple seems to want to call it. But it's time to talk about that because they're putting themselves into it. And I think 
the the reaction to their headset that they released this week or announced this week a lot of what i've seen has been pretty negative and i kind of feel like a lot of the negativity might be missing the point i think if you look a little bit past just the literal thing that we saw you can appreciate that apple has really thought about what this virtual space is going to be it's very different than mark zuckerberg's stupid idea and i think if we can untangle that a little bit you can get this glimpse of the future that at least apple is seeing and i i the more i think about it the more i'm starting to think that they probably have it right and that maybe now we really are headed into the era of virtual reality I mean, of course, it's going to take a while. This thing won't even be out until next year, and it's going to be stupidly expensive. But I think we might be headed there for real, and I want to talk about that. Well, to me, it's like there's this giant list of things that we've been trying to check for the VR stuff, or AR. We need a a word that combines the two, but I refuse to call it spatial computing. Uh, Well... Other people call it mixed reality, but Apple doesn't want to call it mixed reality. Anyway, there's this big list of, you know, how do we, how do we get that? Because previously the VR headsets were too big and clunky or whatever. You can't, you can't see. And so it's either AR or VR and whatever. There's this huge list of things. And then I'm watching the Apple video and it's check, check, check check no it's not flawless it's not perfect but um Mm -hmm. just shut up and look at it (laughs) just look at it okay that's crazy uh it's checked like all the boxes except Mm -hmm. for make it not look really really stupid that they can't solve that one just yet but right but as far as headsets go it's it's pretty sleek and nice um but it also it gave me this weird feeling watching it and and listening to the tone of the lady sort of narrate this thing, it felt almost as if they ashamed is not afraid. She almost sounds afraid <laughs> as she's listing all of these things, and and they are so particular and so careful about what they're actually showing. And I think they took a lot of care to make it seem not terrifying and not scary so you know that they throw on the headset and they're like look you can see your apps now in front of your mid-century modern perfectly clean home and Mm -hmm. it's totally natural you can look it's pretty colors and there's nothing crazy going on here and then they're like you can look at a photo in ar look at that people like wow that that's nice um, and so they just kind of go through. There, there's one part where they say, and you can change your environment. And then the girl just sort of lays back on her bed and looks up into a blue sky. And you're like, okay, you guys are holding back so much stuff. Uh, and I don't know if you want to get into it just yet, but but oh my God, the the implications of this thing, the, the beginning, this first step into this crazy amazing fantastic terrifying world of technology um i forgot where i was going with that but it's scary and the implications if you want to uh, with this type of technology you can change your whole environment and you think wow that's cool i can watch a movie in 3d or whatever no you can change your whole life your entire life 
I could be sitting here talking to you with a pet dragon on my desk, okay? I could be in the middle of the Shire for the rest of my life until the day I die, okay? Like there's, you being able to change your environment changes everything about life itself with, and I'll just go on the rant here, but with generative <laughs> AI, the amount of stuff you will be able to do with this little dorky headset is ridiculous. Every object in your entire periphery, everything you see can immediately be reskinned and changed into something else. You could live the rest of your life in the world of Diablo 4 if you like scary stuff. Um, you could you could change it to a Disney film. You could you could live in Disney World. That sounds awful to me, but other people would love that. Uh, you can change anything. You can change the way people look. You can change the way you look in that world. So, okay, I'll just shut up for a bit and let you interject, but you're muted. Thank you. Yeah. Um, okay, let's take a breath and back up okay. two different steps. So <laughs> the first thing I want to do is actually describe to people who maybe aren't quite as nerdy as we are, or at least didn't spend their Monday watching WWDC. So let's just describe what actually was announced here and assume that maybe not literally everyone in the world watched the same thing. So let's talk about that. Uh, okay. I'd like to talk about... Well, you, you said this actually. They presented something that weirdly felt very mundane where they're showing yep. you this thing and describing how incredibly futuristic it is, but at the same time, they're going, look a photo. You could watch a film. You could, you know check your email and whatnot and that yep. that was an interesting angle to take and i actually do really want to talk about this but there let's let's start there work through that and then we can get into this okay what what's really gonna happen okay once that's a good idea kicks sorry off. okay okay do you should i describe the headset i don't know how closely you have paid attention to it or or not um it it still looks dorky. I mean, that's my description of it, but you can... No, you better describe it. Okay. Yes, it does look dorky. I would say it's the... It's yeah. differently dorky than everything else that's been out there. It's, it's kind of dorky, but in earnest now. Um, it looks kind of like a pair of ski goggles. Okay, it's this... You yeah. know, it's a VR headset. It goes on your face. Uh, it's... It has that Apple look. It's aluminum. It's glass. It's expensive materials that are actually kind of heavy, which is sort of funny that they made a headset that's a, quite a bit heavier than it really needs to be, but they just sometimes can't get over themselves. It really ought to be plastic. Um, it has an external battery pack because, again, they couldn't, couldn't handle putting the weight on the headset itself, so it has an external battery pack, which is a major uh, concession or kind of downside uh, but okay so it looks like a pair of ski goggles but you cannot see through it they they give you this very strong impression that it is like a pair of goggles that you're going to look at the world and then see things in front of you and for a while i probably got five minutes into this presentation and i'm thinking like well yeah but how good is the image you're going to see is that going to is the is the real world going to shine through it too much you know how can they actually block out all the light and it took me that long to finally like make that adjustment in my head of oh no you can't see through it it is a closed off dark vr headset but they pitch it as if you can 
and and the reason they're doing that is because they have apparently spent a tremendous amount of effort into developing these pass-through cameras which is not unique to them other headsets have this you know my valve index has this but it on mine it really looks like you're looking through cameras you know you can kind of see what's going on but there's no illusion that you're just seeing the world they have invested a lot of energy into creating this feeling that you are really looking through a pair of goggles in that the the world the perspective is mapped exactly right uh the white balance the just everything about these cameras and the pass through through to these screens is supposed to be extremely realistic and i've i've listened to a couple firsthand accounts from people who have gotten to try this and all of them have said holy crap it's really good like it, it's not necessarily you could tell that you're looking through it but it's good enough to where you're actually pretty happy to just see the world through this thing which i think is a hugely important part of what they're trying to do here um, so it has external cameras. It has these uh, two OLEDs, or I think they call them micro OLEDs now, these impossibly tiny screens with unbelievable pixel density. And that's kind of how they're able to make a headset that isn't gigantic like most of what else is out there. Although I think a lot of smaller headsets are coming soon because this isn't just exclusive to them. But they have these super, you know, very high resolution, uh, very high quality screens on the inside. So that's what you're actually seeing and then this is the weird sort of uncanny valley part but they have cameras and depth sensors that are pointed inside at your eyes and they have taken a screen and sort of plastered it on the outside of the headset so it's curved around this mask and it's a screen that other people see and so they kind of choose what to show the people around you. And it could be this little magical swirly graphic of like, oh, this person is in the, they're in the metaverse. They're looking at stuff. And then you get close enough and suddenly you see their eyes that look a lot like they're realized, but not quite because it's not like the screen is not exactly in position where your eyes are. It's sort of offset from your face. So it's like this weird perspective shifted eyeball thing that apple kind of decides when when you see the outside world and when the outside world sees you and what they see and it's it's a really kind of weird thing but they're trying to create this impression both for you while you're inside the headset and for everyone else who is outside the headset that you are still part of the world and you can still interact even though that's sort of a fantasy and that is to me a really interesting aspect of this this headset yes you could drive a car with this on I mean, the way they present it, and by the accounts of other people, uh, you you could. I mean, you're probably not supposed to, but I, you could. And uh, it's worth mentioning that Apple is in a very unique position to offer this. I genuinely don't think we're going to see anything else that's really on the same caliber for a while. And the reason is that they have basically pushed ahead of the entire industry with their apple silicon chips they uh at some point kind of took this fork in the road and said we aren't even using the chip designs that everyone else is using anymore we're not using intel we're going to take arm and then just develop it off on our own and they've developed these uh the, the headset has an m2 chip which is this custom piece of silicon that only apple has and in terms of the uh the power usage and the 
the power of the processor, it's miles ahead of anyone else. And they developed their own custom silicon as a secondary chip to do the real-time processing. So they're able to do the video pass-through and the all of the shaders and barrel distortion and everything they need to make this happen with their own custom silicon that is just tailor-built to do this. So there really isn't anyone else out there that currently has the amount of computing power slash power envelope needed to do what they're doing. So they really are, they, they really do have something kind of unique here. Um, so yeah, headset, hardware, very compelling. Um, by all accounts, everything is just extremely high quality, far beyond what else is out there. But there is something else that I think is absolutely key here. And I think this is really what, what is going to enable this to work. So if you think back to the iPod, there was on paper, if you just listed out, you know, the, the features of the iPod and compared it to the other MP3 players, it would be very hard to have any objective way of saying, yeah, this is way better. If you look at storage, you know, yes, it had a lot of storage, but so did a bunch of other stuff. If you looked at the size, it was actually bigger than most other things. Uh, it, you know, it had a black and white screen, which I guess was bigger than what else was out there, but nothing particularly exciting about that. But there was one thing that they just freaking nailed and nobody else got this. And I, I really think this was the key thing that made the iPod work. And that was the input. Apple spends so much attention and they put so much effort into trying to perfect the input. And this is what happened with the early days of Mac. I mean, Steve Jobs famously like saw the mouse and the graphical stuff at Xerox and he kind of, you know, invested or bought it and turned it into Mac. But whatever the origin story, the original Mac had an interface and methods of input that were just totally unique. And that's just, that's what we use now. It has hardly evolved at all, mouse keyboard. Um, the iPod, they invented the click wheel and the click wheel, the first time you touch it, you're just, you go, this is incredible. I mean, it gives you this freedom. I, I know that some people may not even remember the iPod because it's dead now, but it had this wheel around it and you would just slide your finger along this wheel. And it was kind of like a scroll feature where your music is presented in this list. And so as you slide your finger along this wheel, it lets you just kind of slide through all your music in this very satisfying way. There's this tactile feedback with little clicks and whatnot. And you can just slow your finger down to decelerate and settle exactly where you intended to select. And you click and it drills into a menu. But they just nailed this. And that is what made the iPod work. It just felt so good. You picked it up and you use it and you're like, oh, this is so nice. And you compare that to any other MP3 player at the time. And it was like this stupid little screen. You got these crappy plastic buttons that you're kind of clicking and clicking forward. And it takes you forever to get where you need to go. And you can hardly see what it is. You have to wait for the title of the thing to scroll past. And it just felt so crappy. And you didn't even know that it was crappy. It's just what it was until you held the iPod. And then you're like, oh no, that sucks. This is amazing. This is what it ought to be. And the same thing happened for the iPhone where there were smartphones at the time. There were Blackberries. There were uh, some kind of Windows phone. You know, there were smartphones. And then Steve Jobs shows off the iPhone 
with this flat glass screen that's just pure touch. And he's scrolling around. Just You're just watching him do it. You're not even touching it. You're just watching him scroll through these lists. You're like, holy crap, that's amazing. Like we had all experienced touch screens before and they all sucked. We, you would get it at the ATM at the bank and you're like smashing the screen trying to get it to take the input and then the half second later it finally goes and you hit it twice. The touch screen sucked. All the other input methods sucked. But this thing was just amazing. And the rest is history. Like nobody is building phones with keyboards and crappy touch screens. At the second everyone saw that, we're like, oh, that's what it ought to be. So from all the accounts that I've heard, and of course, it's it's early days. We'll see. But I think that that has happened again. Because I have spent quite a bit of time in VR. And I have even attempted to do what they were, were showing in this demo, or one of the things they were showing, which is to be in VR and work on, you know, a virtual monitor, different screens floating around you. And you can type and do all your work. And, oh, man, it's as if... As if you have your your entire workspace anywhere you go and you could have all the monitors you want and they could float around it'd be amazing well it sucks for a couple reasons one which this is not to do with the input but with just the quality of the screens you need a very high resolution screen for this to feel good and it sounds like they probably have that so they, they checked a major box there but the the main issue with this is that in order to do really anything in vr you need vr controllers there are these physical things that you grip and they are tracked in 3D space and they're almost like wands. You can kind of point them and you can click and there's buttons on the face. And so you're manipulating everything with these VR controllers. But as soon as you want to type, you have to sort of untangle yourself from the controllers and then start typing. And then as soon as you need to move to a different window, you got to pick up the controller and move around. You can use a mouse, but the mouse doesn't really map into three-dimensional space. It's really just a 2D plane. And so there's a lot of just kind of weird clunkiness there. And it kind of works within a window, but then you need to refocus a different window. And it just has all of the crappiness that I remember from the early MP3 players. Apple didn't even hint at the existence of controllers. By all appearances, there is zero intention of even having controllers of any kind which as a side note is going to severely limit the amount of gaming you can do, but whatever that they don't care about gaming. They never well, have. They did. No, there was one point where they said you could just bust out your controller. Yeah. Yeah. So you can use a game pad, like a PlayStation controller, but if you've played beat saber, you, you can't play beat saber on a PlayStation controller. Like you want something that is actually mapped into a three dimensional world. Like you're moving with your hands same for Half-Life Alex. You you have a gun, you're throwing grenades, you're doing all these things. So you can play a two-dimensional game by using a traditional yeah, gamepad, but all of the VR immersive 3D games maybe they can get the hand tracking good enough, but it probably not. But anyway, side note. They just completely set that aside. Said we don't even care about that. You're going to use your eyes to navigate and they have you also include your hands they do hand tracking but it appears to be in this extremely minimal way so what they do is they use uh eye tracking they have cameras and you know depth sensors and whatnot pointed at your eyes and they track exactly what your eyes are looking at and i've read some kind of more detailed uh discussions on how they're doing this and how this is actually very difficult 
because your eyes have this, I forget what they call it, but there's a sort of shake to your eyes. Um, it's just a natural part of how you perceive things is that your eyes are actually shifting around a lot. And there's just a lot of complexity into how the human eye works. And I've heard other people who have actually worked in the same problem say, I don't think it's possible. But everyone who has tried this has said, yep, it's perfect. It's incredible. They are able to track exactly where your eye is looking at anything. And apparently it is completely natural to just look at a button. And then uh, the way you actuate a click is by just sort of tapping your fingers together. So it has the eye or the, the hand tracking hardware that's looking at your hands everywhere there. It could be down in your lap or somewhere else. It, it knows what your hands are doing. And so you use your eyes to navigate this space and then you just actuate clicks with your hands. And you can also like do a little scroll gesture and things like that. And by all accounts, it works extremely well. People describe it as magic. And to me, that brings back those kind of those parallels of watching the iPhone announcement or watching the iPod or, or experiencing the iPod. So what they've essentially done here is th they've basically created the world's first hands-free interface. And there's two caveats. One, voice control exists, but voice control is stupid and terrible. And it always makes me angry when I use it. And it doesn't really even count because there's no way to navigate on a plane or in a space, right? Like you're just giving a command and hoping to God that the stupid Siri understands it for once. But you, that's all you can do. You can't say, scroll this many pixels, you know, move to this page or that page, right? So voice control really doesn't count. And then I'm calling, I'm gonna call this a hands-free interface, even though it technically does use your hands a little bit, but it appears to be very minimal and you don't have to touch anything. What you really get is an interface that you can move through mostly just with your eyes, which is very close to just like a brain computer interface. It To me, it feels like we're almost there where it, you're practically just thinking and just moving through these things without needing to have almost any physical input. And I think that that is the killer thing. That is what is going to enable VR to be a real thing that people really use because we're talking about an utterly new interface, new input methods that have never existed. And that just to me unlocks this whole other world that we have not explored yet. That's my take on the headset. What I kind of want to get into is to compare what they're doing, what they've enabled with this, um, maybe a little bit to like what everyone else thinks the future is going to be like mark zuckerberg clearly has his ideas on it um the 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 metaverse idea and then compare that to apple's idea i mean you you watched the the vision pro segment that's what this thing is called by the way i almost forgot it's called the vision pro um what was there anything that stood out to you about what they showed you said it was kind of weirdly mundane right well I mean, I, th I think they did that on purpose because they want, previously, all the VR, AR stuff is all about like these fantastic, like, you know, mm -hmm. oh, fish are swimming through my bedroom or, you know, whatever. Just these weird, surreal, dreamlike things. No one's really taken a shot at the personal day-to-day, -day, like replacing computers, uh, mm -hmm. phones. I mean, to me, that's what, they just like, 
took their sniper, turned it to the side, and then just took a shot at this this personal, all this stuff that, that we use right now. I mean, we can do everything we're doing right now with a headset instead of computers in front of us. Like, that's crazy. Uh, we don't need phones anymore. We just use the headset. I mean... Okay, let, let's talk about that for just a second because I... This is where I think Apple is really onto something that other people aren't. So you look at Zuckerberg's idea with Meta and they... I'm going to try very hard to set aside the fact that this is just the worst possible future for the world that Facebook or Meta owns the future of everyone and all of their communication. Like just, I can't think of a worse thing, but uh, his idea for the metaverse is that we are all going to be virtual people in this kind of really bland cartoony Disney World-esque future where we're just these all cartoon avatars and we're all just walking around and you run into somebody and you talk to them and you can like show them stuff and wiggle your cartoon avatar hands around. Maybe we'll go on a little adventure together and do these very like vanilla corporate council-based experiences that they've carefully curated for us that are inoffensive and mildly fun. It's just, it's like the elevator music of the future that, that's their vision is this this virtual world everything gets translated into this giant other reality metaphor and we all just live there and their their desperate hope is that they can own that and monetize it in every way uh apple's vision which th this is this is gonna be confusing because i want to talk about apple's vision but not the vision which is what they're calling this thing their idea of the future is that you put this thing on and you just do what you already do. It has a bunch of apps that you download from an app store. You open them up. They open in a window, same as anything else. They just exist in this virtual space now. So you're still seeing the world around you. They, they invested a ton of resources into trying to enable you to feel like you're still there in your carefully crafted, expensive, clean living room. They are. They just want you to feel like that's still there. And now you have the ability to see things that you were already doing. You're going to be watching TikTok. You're going to be talking on iMessages. You're going to be doing all these things. And I think that they are perfectly correct with this. Like this is what people, people want to do what they're doing. We don't, nobody wants to live in this stupid virtual world. We don't want that. Nobody wants, no one ever has. Well, yes, looking at what we currently do is, is, a, is a good bet that we're going to continue to want to do it, right? So capitalizing yeah. on what we already do is a pretty safe bet. And I, I agree with you. I also think they're right about that. We're, we are going to want to use computers without computers and, you know, Mm -hmm. being able to see all this stuff in your real space that must feel so freeing like th that's probably awesome okay that yeah. that might be really healthy actually it might help focus it might i don't know the positive sides of that it might be wonderful but when you're talking about the the metaverse and this cartoony avatar land okay that is very goofy and dorky right i mean picturing cartoon avatars whatever but 
Have you forgotten what has happened in the last few months? Look around. That it's not gonna and I'm not talking about Zuckerberg. I don't even know anything about the metaverse. I'm talking about look at all of the technology we have right now with all mm -hmm. of the AI shit. And you can take a person and recreate them, their personality, their mannerisms, their everything in a perfectly realistic representation of them. Apple could spend a few hours with you and then you could die and then I could still see you and have conversations with you in VR it with their little app and Apple vision. That's fucking creepy. Like that's, that's insane. And it's absolutely real and will continue to be more and more real as we go into the future. Like you can do that right now with AI people, people are selling the rights to people. Now that there, there are, there's people out there that want to do concerts with like Biggie and Pac and stuff. Like they, they want to recreate these people and, and just have them live again. That's insane. And so when you think of the metaverse, oh, it's this dorky little avatar world. No, no, it's not. I wish it was. God, I wish that was the future. But it's not. It's even more real and it will be. Not, it's not currently happening right now. But this is... This is what I'm seeing. You have this device now that's going to be shipped out to the entire planet. And then you have this software that's able to do basically anything, mimic anyone in a perfectly real sense. And then you put them together, overlay that on real life. What happens? <laughs> what happens? All Okay, rewind five, ten years, okay? Actually, it, it's always been bad. But in the last 10 years or so, this, there's been this split from reality and sort of how we think reality is, okay? With all the, you know, fake news stories and, and fabricated things and whatever, there's this giant shift from what people think and then actual reality. And you can't even really tell what's real anymore, okay? And now we're at a point where the software that's just spreading all over the planet to everyone where you can fake anything with with no detection of whether it's real or not um and it's just going to multiply and multiply infinitely and then you mix that with the the hardware we're about to have and the implications are endless like absolutely endless so to me the metaverse idea and I'm, Again, not talking about Zuckerberg specifically, but the idea that we live our whole lives inside of a fake world seems sci-fi and kind of ridiculous, but I think that's exactly where we're headed. And if you look at the trend of technology, first, you had these giant-ass computers in a big building. You go to work and there's a big computer that's really loud, okay? Later, they developed the home computer. So now everyone has a computer in their homes. And then they develop, I don't know, the laptop or whatever. And then it travels with you wherever you go. And then they develop the phone. And that goes in your pocket. It's a little computer. It's a pocket computer. It just follows you everywhere. Now, do you see the gravity, the, the technology gravity? Where is it pulling to? Okay. It's slowly being magnetized to your brain 
Okay, so it goes from a building, then to your home, then to your pocket. Now it's wrapped around your face. Like it's literally wrapped around your face. All right. The next step, there's two more steps. The next step is it goes into your brain, right? And we've all, I mean, that's on the horizon already. They're working on that, right? And you would think that that would be the last step, but it's not. The next step is your brain goes into it and you no longer need your body anymore. Yeah, it's funny. I wish it was a joke, but that's what we're literally trying to do right now. And this to me, it's just this, this new device coming out is, hey guys, we took a giant leap towards that. Isn't that exciting? And, uh, you know, in one way, it's like, I don't even know anymore. So sure, maybe it's really exciting. It's going to be tons of fun. On the other hand, it's like, oh, maybe we just invented the, the bomb that kills us all. Like, I know it seems ridiculous because if you watch the video, you're just like, oh, they're, they're watching memories of their, of their daughters, you know, playing in a field. But man, in the future, your daughters aren't going to be playing in a field. They'll be strapped to a bed watching some, I don't know, some video of back in the day when other people played in fields. Like they'll, they'll think they're playing in fields, but they'll just be sitting there uh, with some IV hooked up to them. Like I don't, when I watch this video, first I'm thinking, this looks really cool. Like this looks fun. Uh, I can't wait to watch movies with at a TV and it'll be surround sound and it'll be, I don't know, that looks great. But then you just start jumping ahead just a little bit, just a little bit. And it gets so scary so fast. Uh, no one else seems to share the same fear that I have. So maybe I'm just going a little crazy, but have, have you not been thinking about this? Like, I was kidding. Like, I was okay. Trying. Let me say one more thing. Yeah. Um, our phones and we have bitched about this for the entire time we've had this this show basically what the podcast is yeah yes but we've come to the conclusion that you can't ditch your phone unless you're ready to ditch modern society you have to have it that they expect you to have it at all times i had to use it for you know tickets at the airport you have to mm -hmm. use it for for work for whatever everything they expect in order to order food at a restaurant now you have to have your phone and scan mm -hmm. the thing, all right? It's expected of you in modern society to have your phone, unless you're willing to take drastic measures that may not include a career or a social life. You cannot ditch the phone, okay? The phone wasn't around, God, how long has it been? I'm just gonna say 10 years ago. 10 years ago, the okay, 15 years ago, the phone wasn't around. That's, well, that's more safe, yeah. Okay, 15 years yeah, ago, yeah. we didn't have the phone. It wasn't included in any, in any of society's rules, but now it is constantly. So how long until I have to wear a fucking headset on my head to do anything? How long? Because if this replaces phones and computers, that's what I'm going to have to do. So it's like these giant tech companies just decide what society is going to do in the future. And yeah, I'm jumping ahead a bit at, or jumping the gun a bit and already hating on it. And it's not even out yet, but just if you if you follow the trends of technology then this one ends up being the thing that replaces the stuff that we can't escape already so it's like am i way off here <laughs> i had i had a secret goal for this podcast was it to set me off 
on that word. No, well, yes, it was, but it was to try and get you to save that rant for the end because that would just be okay. the perfect climax to everything because there's some stuff that I want to say and we have to like de-escalate this down into, okay, yeah, here's some like kind of mundane stuff that Mike thinks. And so it's just the arc of this podcast is going to be so messed up because you, I get it. Yeah, that that was just bound to happen and we made it this far we didn't open with that rant so that's great we we accomplished half the goal here um so i'm gonna try to walk this back and then we can sort of shift a little bit back into this ultra dystopian view of the future and just as a quick spoiler to that i see i can't point out anything that i disagree with about what you have said the timeline is very much in question about when this happens, but there is nothing right. that you have said that I could say, no, 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 you're wrong. It's not going to be like that. I'm, Are you sure? I'm very much with you. Are you sure? Because <laughs> I would gonna, sleep well, better if you could point something out. Well, we, I don't know. We'll see. Let's, okay. Let me go back to something. So I was saying how the metaverse is stupid and I'm in my head really thinking about what Zuckerberg's idea for the metaverse is. And then you're bringing up something I think extremely important, which is that if you pair this with AI, you're really talking about something else. So let me separate those two out a little bit. First, the thing that I think is stupid about the metaverse idea is that... Wait, before you say anything, I just want to say I know nothing about Zuckerberg's metaverse. Okay, nothing. good. So, the less the better. Facebook and Zuckerberg, they're just just a big bunch of idiots doing just stupid, awful stuff. Uh, okay, cool. If you work at Facebook, I am not sorry. You should not work at Facebook. So his idea is that we're living in this virtual plane that looks like this, except cartoony, and we're all just walking around doing silly avatar stuff. That's the gist of it, basically. Like, we're going to have meetings where we're all cartoons, and we're in a meeting room, and, like, you look around, and you see other people, and things like that, and there's a whiteboard, whatever. The reason why I think that's so stupid is that we could do that now. We don't really need VR to do that, and we don't. And here's one example, and we're just really going to be putting on display how old we are for this podcast because i'm going to talk about i remember the ipod when it came out and i remember the internet so i remember when the internet became a thing and there was this this phase of the internet was this weird thing that like some people had heard of and have you gotten to try the internet yeah it's crazy and then it eventually kind of hit the mainstream where there's this transition period of every business and everyone was like are you do you have a website you got to get a website everybody's getting online everybody's getting on the world wide web and so different companies were trying to get online. They were building these websites. And there was this idea for a while that if you were a store, you could build a virtual store where people would go on your website and they could, they could walk down your aisles. They could see all of the stuff that you have in your store. They could virtually pick it out and drop it into their basket. And they could take their virtual basket to the virtual checkout. And they could virtually check out all their stuff. And they buy it. And then it shows up at their house. And... People really thought this was going to be it, but that's stupid. Nobody wants that because we do not need some weird layered metaphor thing on top of just the actual thing we want to do, which is 
if I want to buy something, I just want to see what it looks like. I want to see a description about it. I want to know how much it costs. If I'm trying to choose from different things, I want to see what those different things are. Like the way a shopping website works is how they should work because we just want the information. I don't care about this silly, nonsensical, like push a virtual cart down a virtual aisle. We know that. We established that a long time ago. Human beings have this incredible filter for bullshit information and we don't want it this is part a major part of what gets me and many people so excited about these large language models like chat gpt versus google because google has slowly over the years become so filled with nonsensical bullshit that you you don't even realize how bad it is until you finally get to see something that doesn't have it and you look at that and you're like oh my god this is so much better for example, if I want to know how long I need to cook brown rice in the pressure cooker, if I type that into chat GPT, yes, it does tend to be a little bit wordier than it needs to, but for the most part, it's going to say 20 minutes, blah, blah, blah. Don't forget to be careful in the kitchen. Don't kill yourself to cook responsibly and all that garbage, right? But it's just going to tell me. If I type it into Google and I click on the top result, it's going to be, it all started when I was a young girl in South Carolina. My grandmother used to make rice. Like, what is this? 20 minutes, that's the answer, just tell me that. And human beings are so sensitive to that. Like we know what we want and we don't want anything else. So this I think is, is kind of getting at what I think Apple gets. And let's, again, I'm not really talking yet about what you're describing, this sort of AI virtual world future thing. Just, that's not what I mean yet. I'm describing this other stupid, you know, virtual people layer where, oh, you, you write a letter and you don't like it, you can crinkle it up and then go throw it in your trash can. Nobody wants that. Like, we, we could do that now. We don't care. You want to hit delete and that's it, right? We want the information that we want. We want it right in front of us. We want it to be slick and streamlined and we don't want any other garbage. Like, it's fun the very first time and then never again. Like, it's cool in VR to do that. But once you've done it once, you do not care. So that's my objection to the metaverse thing. And I think that is what Apple understands. They understand it really well in that all the stuff that we do, they're going to let you do that. And they're going to get out of your way and they're going to give it to you in this, again, this totally new interface that's extremely slick, feels like magic. You can just navigate with your eyes and your fingers and do all this stuff. But they're going to let you just scroll through Facebook and watch stuff on TikTok. And there was, I'm going to try to take a breath here because I think, I think we both got excited. <laughs> there was this moment in the presentation, actually two distinct moments. There's this woman wearing the headset. This is all, I mean, this is staged. This is part of the, the thing that Apple's showing you, right? But she's wearing a headset. By all appearances, not really doing anything. And you see her open a fridge and pull out a seltzer and then go back to wherever she was. And then there's this other scene of this woman who is packing for a trip. She's in her bedroom. She's got clothes laying out. She's like putting them in a suitcase. She just has this giant Apple headset on. And then I think somebody calls her for a FaceTime call and she's like, hey, what's up? I'm packing for my trip. And that's it. And I was watching a, a video from Snazzy Labs, who's a guy who does a bunch of Apple reviews, really good. He, he has some really nice insight into some of this stuff. 
but he was talking about the headset and he's pointing out those two scenes and he's saying that's so stupid no one is going to be wearing this giant headset while they're just doing random stuff no one would do that and my initial reaction was yeah he's right that is stupid like i am not going to put on my giant valve index and then fold my clothes that's just dumb but then i was thinking about it and i thought no actually that's exactly what people are going to do and the apple knows that people are going to do that and that's what they're enabling so here's what i'm thinking about virtually every day i work at my desktop i do my stuff and then at some point i get up and i i need to go get lunch for myself i'm usually preparing stuff it takes me about 20 minutes and it used to be that that's just i would get up and go do that but now i have these and these are bluetooth headphones uh and you can see this giant antenna attached to my pc in the back there that's a bluetooth antenna and it's probably giving everyone in the neighborhood cancer but it's so strong that it just stretches to like the outer edges of the plot of land that I live on. So at any moment, I can just get up, I have these headphones on, I go do whatever. And these headphones are in some ways very similar to what the Apple headset is enabling, except it's just audio. So they, if you have them on by themselves, they're kind of muffling. I, I can hear what's happening, but not very well. If somebody's talking, I'm going to have a hard time hearing it. But they have a hear through mode and lots of newer headsets have this but it uses the microphones on the outside of the headset and it sort of matches the volume to what you would normally hear and then it passes that audio through into the speakers and the latency is extremely low it's not exactly perfect but it's it's easily good enough to where i can just have this on half the time i, I forget that i'm even wearing the headphones i'll be walking around i don't even have music on or anything and i'm just interacting with my wife and doing whatever just with the pass-through, which to me is extremely similar to what's happening with this Vision Pro in that you're going to have this thing on and no, you can't see, but they're giving you vision pass-through that by all accounts is good enough. It's going to be the kind of thing that I think will be similar to this and that you're pretty okay with just looking through it. So there's that one similarity, but here's what happens. So I'm working, I decided I need to go get lunch and almost always now, and I'm, I'm not saying this is a great mentally healthful habit but i almost always bring up a podcast bring up a youtube video find something that's 20 30 minutes hit go and then i go make lunch so i don't have to be alone with my bubbling existential dread of background noise in my brain i get to have some nonsense just getting blasted into here and the headphones enable that in that Again, they don't interfere because I can hear, I can, you know, still interact with the world, but they're pumping sound into my brain. And I do that all the time now for lunch. That's just, that's what I do. And typically, you know, Sam is not getting lunch at the same time, so I'm not worried about interacting. It's just me just doing stuff. So this headset, I think this is one of the key things that it enables is that it would let me do that, but not just audio anymore. Now I can have all of the bullshit that I want. I can have Discord over here. I can have the YouTube video playing up here. I can sprinkle all this stuff around. And remember, I can navigate all of this while I'm up just doing things. I can I can manipulate and move with my eyes and these very minimal hand gestures. It doesn't matter if my hands were covered in grease or oil. I can still do everything I need to. So this, this thing is on. It's as unobtrusive as these headphones. 
and then I can go make lunch, I can go do whatever, and I have the entire, like, all the screens that I want playing, doing stuff. You can't even do that with your phone because the phone, one, you can't position it around you, right? You could, like, set it up on a shelf, but that's very limiting. You can't, like, you don't have the freedom to walk around. It's more similar to, let's say, a wired set of headphones in that way. But also, you can't operate it unless you touch the phone. So you have to be going back to it, tapping in. If your hands are wet, it doesn't work. But this headset will not be like that, where you can just navigate with almost just your brain. So it enables this thing for you to do whenever you want. And I think, so if, if I'm with people, this was where I think Apple might have missed the mark a little bit is that they were trying to show you how you could have this thing on and still interact with other people. And I'm sure that society will get there eventually, but at least for a while, nobody's really gonna be doing that. If we're hanging out in person, I'm, I don't have an Apple headset on, like talking to you with my creepy eyes and whatnot. You know, maybe just for a second to see something, right? But that's just, that's never happening, not for a long time. So I think when you're in a group of people and you're trying to interact with them, you're not wearing the headset. But anytime you're on your own, in the same way that everybody just defaults to using their phone, or in my case, like having the headphones on and listening to something, now that has been fully realized. Where if you're by yourself, you don't wanna be bored. You don't wanna be left alone to your thoughts. You want all of this stuff that we already have crammed into our brains as much as possible. Well, we have just unlocked a new way to do that to where you can walk around, you can move, you can do everything you were gonna do before with as many screens floating around as you want and you can still interact. That is, I can't express how crazy that is. That to me is the killer feature of this thing that once people really get that, there's gonna be no stopping it. In the same way that once somebody has a smartphone, there's no going back. I think that is, that's what's gonna get us there. And that's just the short term, right? There's still what this picture that you've drawn about these extremely intense experiences of resurrecting a dead person type of thing that's still on the table. But just in the short term, I think that's what we're looking at. And I think that is what is going to make this thing just a whole new device that unlocks a different level of pumping crap into your brain. Well, I think people will wear it and talk to other people. I mean, it might be a little awkward at first, but people wear these giant-ass headphones everywhere, all the time, always, and they look ridiculous. Uh, but society's just sort of, like, you just grow accustomed to it, and people are just wearing giant headphones everywhere. They look ridiculous, but you do it anyway. And I think, you know, once you've seen a couple thousand people walking around with headsets on, you just kind of eventually get used to it, and then... I mean, that could be true. I think it's I, a ways off. I really do. Yeah. I, I mean, there's so many different, different avenues to go down with this. Um, there's the immediate future. And then there's the far off future where you get other people involved, where you have multiple different headsets, all the, the people who ate, who, the people who will not allow themselves to buy this because it is an Apple product once once something else, once the competition releases something, then the yep. other half of the world floods to that. Um, there's also, of course, the the pricing of it, which compared to other VR headsets, I don't think is high. But, uh, you know, compared it's to an high. iPhone is... Yeah, I, I haven't done a, a 
price check on anything else, but um Well it's it's thirty five hundred dollars in case we didn't say that. So it is priced very expensive. Um it it's expensive if you were co to compare to uh like the quest three is five hundred bucks. So it's literally oh. seven times that. My Valve okay. index is a thousand dollars, but uh one it's way more limited it's not a standalone device you have to plug it into a pc like that which is very expensive so if you totaled up the entire rig it's probably i mean i didn't pay quite that much but it's in the ballpark for sure and then if you look at some of the other more enterprise focused device like the hololens i think the hololens is around three grand or so so it kind of depends on what you're comparing to but it it really isn't that expensive if you looked at some of the enterprise devices or compared to a full setup and it's if we didn't mention this before it is fully standalone it is its own thing it has its own hard drives and memory yeah. and processing and everything so it is very much a or potentially a replacement for a macbook or something like that so if you kind of take the price into into that perspective it's not that expensive and it will almost certainly become a lot cheaper in the coming years well just on a simple simple level one of or the biggest problem we have had for years is just the phone and everything mm -hmm. that comes with it just trying right. to escape it we come up with all these tactics to get away from it you can change it to black and white you can leave it on a shelf you can do this or that or whatever change notifications get rid of apps whatever you can fight all day long trying to get rid of this thing but you yeah. can't get rid of it it is you've been diagnosed with a smartphone and there's no cure like it's you just have this disease forever there's mm -hmm. nothing you can do about it you can only treat it that's it but You'll have it for the rest of your life. But then there's this thing where it's like, hey, you thought that was hard. Here, put this on your face, you know, and then try to escape that. Like it will. I mean, of course, I'm 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 just guessing because I don't know. But I imagine this will be so much more addictive and so much more difficult to put down when everything exists in it. And, you know, with the phone, you have the everything on it you have your email you have games you have that i don't know flashlight calculator cameras you have everything on the phone but now take your phone and your computer and your real life and put them together mix them all up now everything exists in one little thing and you cannot escape it which is fine for some people who don't have a need or a desire to I mean, it's it's hard to pinpoint what I'm trying to say. But for me, the stuff that I really enjoy doing, I have to fight really hard to do because it's it's mentally straining. Like, you have to focus for long periods of time. And so, to me, the more technology improves, the harder it is for me to just do the things that I want to do. And I can feel isolated in that, but I'm not. There's so many people that feel that same way. and. Even if they don't, I mean, you see it all the time. People, people will sit on their phones for years, like every day, all the time. And then they look up and think, oh God, my life sucks. What am I doing with my life? I'm pathetic. I'm a loser. 
And then they'll feel that way for 10 minutes. And then they look right back down on their phone and keep scrolling. And then they'll just do that forever. And they're like, they'll never do the things they want to do because they always have this little, what you call a pacifier. They always have the pacifier. So the, the anger or the frustration in me is like, oh, now you've taken a pacifier and put crack on it. Like you've covered <laughs> it in cocaine and now you're about to give it to everybody. Like there's, there's no coming back from this as a society ever. Like the, we do not move backwards. We, we move forward. We just press the gas pedal down harder and harder until some object obstructs our, our path. Like we don't stop unless we, we crash. And so to me, it's like, Hey, the, you know, the giant tech companies are just look at this, you know, now everyone has to deal with this thing. And you're going to love it, of course, but we're not going to talk about or even theorize on the problems it could cause. There's no discussion on that. There never has been with the phone. Like, if you, if you think about the people who are in charge of, of restrictions and in charge of the safety of these things, well, who is it? Well, it's the giant tech companies who are in charge of the devices and then the government who only cares about power. So you got people who care about money and they care about power making all of the rules and being in charge of safety, okay? They don't care at all. Uh, and so with the phone, it's been frustrating to, to sit back and when we've started to pay attention to the huge problems that having a mobile device causes, it's like, oh my God, this is awful like there's so many issues with this yes there's tons of wonderful things you can talk to friends you can do whatever that's part of the problem is that there's so many good things attached to it you can't let go of it but no one looks at the negative side effects no one pays attention to this stuff and now here's an even bigger thing that you'll never escape and it's just going to cover your life in this so that's my frustration it's like okay cool we have a new piece of tech bravo on the ingenuity like bravo on the the humans that solved all of these problems that is mm -hmm. phenomenal that that is and in the future humans have a lot of problems that they're going to have to overcome and innovating with technology is certainly a way that we're going to be able to do it however <laughs> when you build a bomb that blows up the enemy you also build a bomb that can blow up yourself so where's the discussion of all of the problems and the issues that this is going to cause and how do we counteract that? There, there isn't going to be one, not by anybody that matters. It's just going to continue yeah. to, to speed full force into the future with all of this technology. Same goes for the AI stuff. This is all like all of tech in the last year or so. It's just, can we just stop for a second? It just look, but whatever. No, nope. they won't. And it's, it's useless. So, so a couple things in reaction to your incredibly negative take. First, <laughs> I agree broadly. If you look at, in particular, I think the smartphone and you look at where it's at now, it's kind of hard for me to look at this device and say, yeah, I'm a happier, healthier person because of this. That is not what I would have said when it came out. I thought this was going to be incredible. 
unlock so many new things. Just as one tiny example, I thought it was going to be awesome for games. You know, I I am and always have been somebody who really enjoys games. I just find them very rewarding and interesting. And I remember when the phone came out thinking, this is going to be so cool. This is like a, a Game Boy or a, some kind of handheld that we all have. And it's got these amazing uh, like accelerometer controls. You can tilt it and move around and the touchscreen is so good. The games for this are going to be amazing. And that sounds hilarious now because you look at the mobile games and they are garbage from top to bottom. The And if anyone out there is thinking of an exception to that rule, just know that whatever you're thinking of was a PC game. It started on PC and they ported it to mobile. There's nothing that is anything other than just deeply exploitative and awful that starts on the mobile platform. And I did, I, I did not see that coming. And it's, I mean, that's a whole different discussion, right? But that's how it went. That's a short version. And so many other things just trend towards this least common denominator, most provocative, most distracting, most novel. It, like we can see that there's just this big pull towards that. The, the cheapest dopamine you can come by. That's what we're all drawn towards. You know, the lower the effort, the higher the dopamine, the better. And that's where everything trends towards. So I'm going to say some positive things about VR, but I don't want you to get me wrong because I have as dark a picture of this as you do, I think, or at least close. Because I think you're right in that one, this, the biggest thing to me, take a tiny step back. I bought a VR headset because I wanted to play games. Again, gamer, right? So I did that and played Half-Life Alex, which is an amazing game built by a AAA company in the Half-Life series. And it was, it was amazing. It was a, a, you know, 12, 15 hour game that was just it was awesome, extremely immersive, totally rewarding. Absolutely glad I invested the time in that. I've also sunk a ton of time into Beat Saber. Again, fantastic. Loved it. I mean, a, most of that was in this sort of a social setting or trading off the headset with other people, watching each other play. Super rewarding. One of the best games I've ever played, especially with using custom mods and custom songs. So there's a lot of these experiences that looking back at my experience with VR, almost entirely, it's been extremely positive played other games with friends where we're all in VR, like Phasmophobia, where you're on this ghost hunting team and you kind of walk into this creepy building and one person has a flashlight, another person has like a smudge stick and somebody's got the IR scanner and you're all like moving around hunting ghosts. And it's terrifying. I have heard sounds come out of me that I didn't know I could make when you're getting murdered by a ghost in this ghost hunting thing. And it was awesome so good just i felt so connected and able to okay. share this amazing experience with somebody yeah yeah i agree with you that the wonderfulness of vr i'm saying makes it all the more dangerous and well i have also like we use vr sometimes at work you know if we've designed a ride or, or a you know an experience or whatever you can walk through the experience and it is amazing like 
it's incredible to walk through these 3D models that like, my friends have made and that I've designed. It's crazy. It's amazing. And then I, I don't know, I've played some games, you know, I've played Beat Saber. I can't remember the names of the other ones, but yeah. it's phenomenal. Like I have loved every experience I've had with VR. So. Okay. <laughs> but I'm just saying I agree. Like it's awesome. Yeah. Well, here's here's what I'm trying to get at here is that those I hate to use the word experiences. It's the most annoying thing in this industry. But those games that I played, they took a lot of intention, meaning I have to gear up. I got to get this thing on, you know, get all logged in, strap into the controllers. It's not the kind of thing. It is nothing at all like when you sit down on the couch instinctively pull your phone out and just start scrolling through garbage it's the opposite of that it takes a lot of intention and i mean you're like i'm doing this for the next two hours i need to hydrate i need to get some food in me i gotta clear the living room out i I gotta get strapped in and that is great i mean that is something that we have lost for almost everything even music as an example it used to be you had to buy an album and put it in and listen to it and you really had to you you chose to pay attention because that was a big deal now you just flip on lo-fi girl and listen to just background sounds for all day every day and never care about it at all right we we lose the intention for so much stuff so one of the most interesting and exciting things about vr in my experience for the past few years has been that it actually brings a lot of intention where you're having these intense experiences Again, i hate that word but it's like been programmed into me it's, it's um, not that bad <laughs> Uh, it is if you listen to people talk about this stuff, especially the corporate people. They're like, we're going to enable experiences and you'll have these experiences that you'll experience and it's the most amazing right, experience right, you ever right. experienced. It's really gross. They like got to me. Doing these things, one, it just feels amazing. It takes a lot of intention. You really pay attention to it and it's memorable. Like it sticks in my brain. It's not like just scrolling through Reddit for an hour. You can do it with other people and it really creates this sense of presence where one, you have a great mic that's right next to your mouse. So you get good sound, good isolation. Uh, the audio is spatial so you can hear where you can see somebody, you know, their avatar and you can hear them talking to you in this spatially correct way where it just really sounds like they're right there and somebody else is over here and they get close to you. They get far from you. It's, it's really good. It really creates that feeling of I'm doing this with other people and it's super fun. And that's something that I've loved about it. And I also think that's a large part of why nobody uses their VR headset is because that's not what we have this natural pull towards. Even though it's amazing, it's still like, it's kind of tiring and it really takes a lot out of you. And it's so much easier to just pull out the phone and do crap or just fire up that same game of League of Legends and play through the same stuff. It's like, it has a comfort level in this sort of addictive loop that's not really present in VR. And so that is something I think Apple understands that. Again, they hate games. They just really don't like them. They always have. They've been close to openly hostile to game developers in all kinds of technical ways of not supporting graphics APIs. And you can't even turn off mouse acceleration on a Mac. They're just, they don't like games. And I think that actually works in their favor very much for this because they don't want to do those types of things. They are trying, they see the future and the future is the simple, trivial, comfortable, addictive, that type of stuff, the social media type of stuff. 
that's what they're trying to enable and that you're just going to have all these things and it's going to be with you and you can just wear this thing around the house like it's nothing and you know you can continue to see your iMessages and you can continue to see all these things while you're doing whatever else you want you can have a video play you can do this or that it's the exact opposite of what i have experienced in vr in the past few years and i think it's going to sell so much better and i think people are actually going to use it for that reason but i kind of hate it because that's not, I don't want more of that in my life. I don't want more distraction and more ability to just be plugged into online stuff all the time. And that's what they're enabling. And it doesn't mean that you won't be able to do more interesting things, but they didn't demo anything like that. I mean, they're, they had a couple things of, you know, the dinosaur coming through the wall, but that's a tech demo. There's, that's not a real thing that anybody's going to do at length. Again, they're not making controllers, so you can't really even play games like that. So they're just going hard left from the immersive, intense experiences and more into the, we're just going to get crap into your vision and you're going to be able to interact with it like it's nothing. Like you can hardly even have to think about it. And it's going to be, it's going to be like a thousand phones floating around you at all times that you can always interact with that's their vision for the future i think they're right and i think it sucks okay so you're saying uh well okay on your point of oh you don't want more of that i feel like this dark black cloud with lightning in it of like it does like it doesn't care if you want it or not Oh, it's yeah, going totally. on your face. Like, you're going to get one. Yeah. It's going to go on your head. And there's nothing you can do about it. It shouldn't feel like that. But it does. Because yeah. this is another thing that society will accept as sort of the norm. And then you're just going to have to adapt. Um, but, okay, so that feeling, it's like there's just no hope in that. Um, mm -hmm. But you are saying a lot of the apocalyptic, uh, insane, like, level 10 experiences through the AR and VR stuff will not happen because Apple doesn't like mm. stuff, right? So I'm a little bit of two minds there. So one, I think there's this... I would describe it as the uh, the effort to dopamine ratio. We were kind of saying this a second ago. There's this huge tendency towards things that are very, very easy that are rewarding, that make you feel, I mean, dopamine's a little bit of a simplistic way to look at it, but fine, whatever, right? Whatever chemicals get released in your brain, dopamine being one of them, we'll call it the dopamine loop, right? So you open your phone, open TikTok, boom, dopamine, guaranteed, right? You flick to the next video, boom, more dopamine, awesome. That is very addictive. People like to do that, and we have spent so much effort effort you don't even realize that goes into that. I mean, that's really our first encounter with AI is uh, these curation AIs that show us the most interesting next thing. And just look at how that's gone. Never mind our next step in AI that's happening now, right? But we have that. And so it's these really small, really trivial, super, super easy to initiate things that give you a dopamine. Um, but you also see people who go through great efforts to get extremely high amounts of again dopamine or whatever else is going on right you see people who are addicted to drugs who go through great effort to continue to get them and i'm not i'm not trying to trivialize drug addiction or anything here but just as sort of a very simplistic example there are things 
that are so intense and presumably so pleasurable that you're willing to do a lot to get it. And nothing that I've done in VR comes anywhere close to that. Half-Life Alex was super cool, but I'm not selling my furniture to try and get more of it. You know, it's, it's really fun, but it's kind of fatiguing and whatever, and there's all of that. But I am completely... Uh, I understand the possibility of things that are just so rewarding that you are getting into these big, intense experiences and you're ignoring the people around you. It's starting to be detrimental to your own life. And we see that in gaming. That happens. You think about the early days of World of Warcraft. People were so sucked into that. It was just so good in their mind that they were blowing off like real things in their life i remember going on a road trip with a friend of mine to visit some of his friends he hadn't seen in years like long time and we we meet up with them and like oh man so good to see you how have you been whatever and the, these two of them in particular we were hanging out for like half an hour and then they go okay we gotta take off and my friend is like really because we just drove across the country. Like, what, what's going on? Like, oh, we got a raid. Got to go. Sorry. Like, the whole guild is, you know, counting on us for this raid. We got to do it. And they just peaced out. And that's, like, an extremely common story that lots of people have experienced. So, I totally recognize that VR could enable things that are a level above that. Where you're even more hooked into that. Where you just really don't want to take this thing off. And you don't want to escape that world. And I think that's practically an inevitability uh, but we haven't seen that yet partly because vr is just still fairly niche and there's not that many great games for it um, but i think that is absolutely likely to happen it's almost like the the other side of this where there's the ultra trivial stuff where this is just in your life in your mind all the time and then this really intense immersive high effort type of thing that has not happened yet but it very very likely might especially when you pair that with this new age that we're moving into of generative ai like you said which can do some insane stuff and we've we've only just started doing that so yes i i acknowledge that that is very likely to happen like i am probably jumping ahead many steps well and and apple okay maybe not many steps but yeah. Apple may not be planning to do this, but they are introducing a device that other people will copy and, and one up and there will be a competition and this will just continue to improve. I mean, th that's how it goes. And it'll get cheaper and it'll become more accessible and the, mm -hmm. it will just get better and better. And so I, I guess if you think about that, in the the introductory video, you just see them in a room with a little screen, just like a TV, right? Nothing crazy there. A couple pictures fly up, like your apps are there, whatever. It's just this 2D thing, right? But you are wearing a device that shows you your world and whatever you choose to see. So I could be living in a trailer park in real life, but if I keep those glasses on or that face mask on, forever i can live in a cathedral i can live in a castle yeah. 
I can live in the clouds. I can live wherever I want. And I may never know the difference because you're able to project anything into that real world, which, okay, cool. That's just fun. That might resolve some problems. It might make you feel less stress or whatever. But there's also the side of it where if, if you are able to edit out, like literally edit out problems from your life, well, then that removes the need for you to fix them in your real life. Yeah. But there's sort of an argument of, does that even matter anymore? Like it's, these thoughts come up because this device is the first step in allowing us to, to step off the cliff of reality. Like we're, we're not held onto, you don't have to hold your phone. You don't have to sit at your computer. It's just there. And it's just one step closer to it being in your brain. Like it's, so the reality and the augmented reality are just, they're, they're mixed now, like mm-hmm. flawlessly. I mean, that's cr- like on a philosophical level, like that's insane. Uh, and so that's where my head went with, with watching that video. It's just like, okay, yeah, in the short term, the very short term, cool. I can get rid of my computer and my phone and I just use a headset and I can see all these cool environments in 3D and look around and that will be amazing and I can hang out with friends and it'll seem like they're in the room or whatever like there's so many cool experiences to that but look a little bit further and it's like wait a minute like things get really weird really really weird uh if if it like you're saying it's a little bit too heavy they'll fix that it'll become lighter more accessible and then Mm -hmm. you can just wear it and hardly feel it and when you look around and other people are wearing it with the AR, you, it'll just erase it, and you won't be able to see them wearing it. Uh, I don't That's know. true. Yeah. Um, no, I agree with you. The the in a way, VR feels a bit like the trajectory of AI has been. In that, we've talked about machine learning and artificial intelligence for a long time. It's been almost a meme. In that. You know, in the 80s, we were talking about it. And then there was all these different little peaks of, oh, man, AI, it's going to be crazy. And then it just wasn't. And that just kept happening. And eventually, it's almost hard to realize this now, but even as short as a year ago, or probably less, AI was kind of a joke. Maybe It maybe was this is, a joke. Yeah. It, maybe we were transitioning out of this as of a year ago, but not long ago. It was like, yeah, I can play chess, but who cares? It like barely even counts and whatever. It was like kind of just novelty stuff. Nobody was taking it seriously, mostly because we had just been talking about it for so long. There was so much hype around it and people just were disappointed over and over that we just got to a point where it's like, yeah, yeah, sure. And then Google published a paper called Attention is All You Need. And they just unlocked this method that just made the magic happen it just clicked and then suddenly everyone just knew the answer now and now we have this this extra little piece we had to slot in and now we have it sorted out where we can do this generative stuff that is on average human level and then often exceeding human level like it it, for certain areas you can do stuff that 
most people can't do. It's just, it's crazy. And it's just unlocked it for all these different domains. But it like we we've all kind of adjusted to that now but it was not that long ago we were talking about it and it was like yeah yeah whatever shut up we've been hearing about this for decades i think that we're in a bit of a spot like that for vr where everybody kind of gets it you can see the potential especially if you've tried it you're like man there's some crazy stuff here but it just it has not taken off we everybody thought again all of the major tech companies uh save I guess Amazon have invested a lot of resources into this. They really thought it was going to be a big deal and it just didn't happen. So I think we're kind of there or it's been like, yeah, 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 whatever VR. But I really think that Apple has figured some stuff out that we have yet to really appreciate. In particular, the input is insane. I think that they got that to work is going to make this a whole different world. And so all of the stuff that people are tired of hearing about VR, I think it's time to take it more seriously because, again, predicting the future is hard. But I think I think we're headed there now. I think what they did, I think that might be that that final piece that really clicks together. How long do we have? Are we are are you shutting down? I think it shuts down in six minutes, but it might shut down in thirty seconds. I actually couldn't remember if it was seven thirty or seven thirty-five. Yeah, I think it's thirty-five. So let's just go as if it's 35. Okay. Well, if it ends in 10 seconds, then everybody knows what happened. Oh, my lights changed. No, oh, it is no, going to shut down. I have one minute. Okay. Wrap right, it up. Say goodbye. We'll... No, you got to wrap it up. I got to fix my lights. Okay. For all the negative things I said, I was just kidding. And I think it's the future is exciting and everything's going to be wonderful. And it's great. And technology is great and everything. I'm excited about this thing. I, I There's been a part of me, the nerd part of me, that has just been a VR believer for so long. And I've just wanted it to be a thing. And even though I've had a lot of fun, it's like it hasn't been there. But, man, I think Apple might have it. And uh, all of the scary things that you said, I'm like, yeah, I agree. But there's still Whatever. just a part of me yeah. that's like, this is cool. And I just nope. want to try it. Me too. I'm also excited for those things. All right. Also terrified. One comforting thing is that it does not matter what we think. It's going to happen either way. So if it if it destroys humanity, it's not like our podcast would have made the difference. And I see that you are frozen, which means you probably disappeared. So that means that I am signing off for both of us. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening sorry we've been gone for three weeks that was um since dan is gone i'm going to say that was entirely his fault uh but we're going to try to be back to regular podcasts every week from here on out so we will very very likely see you in one week